The App Guide podcast is brought to you by B7Dev. That's B7Dev.co. App design and development, they make your app idea become a reality. The founder called Haim is a very good friend of mine, so make sure that you mention my name when you reach out to them. Thanks very much to B7Dev. Numob, N-E-U-M-O-B. Numob are the leaders in app acceleration for Android and iOS. They've created a solution that speeds up the load times and performance of your mobile apps by two to 10 times. Go to numob.com, that's N-E-U-M-O-B.com. Gummy Cube, big data analytics from the app stores. To get accurate mobile data, go to gummycube.com, that's G-U-M-M-I cube c-u-b-e.com gummycube.com and thanks very much to gummycube for sponsoring this episode apptentive apptentive have helped glimpse the app decrease their under four star ratings to less than five percent so to improve your ratings and reviews go to apptentive.com forward slash app guy that's apptentive.com forward slash app guy and get a free mobile app consultation Hi, my name is Sachin Dougal. I'm the co-founder and chief wizard of Shodo.com, and you are listening to the App Guy podcast. The App Guy podcast, straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy, sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. And now, Paul, the App Guy. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy podcast. I'm your host. This is Paul Kemp. Now, this is the show that helps app entrepreneurs and founders and people that love startups and anything relating to uh, living a life of freedom in and enjoying the digital revolution that we're actually going through. So um, social media is incredibly important. I um, I did actually an episode a while ago and learned about the importance of posting to several uh, social media sites. It does get a bit painful. So I wanted to get uh, the founder of Cora on, who's got a nice, a nice solution to this problem. His name is Paul Martins. He is the founder. He's based in San Francisco in the Bay Area, and he's here to talk about Cora. So Paul, welcome to to the App Guy podcast. Thanks for having me, Paul. Thanks for coming on. So, uh, you know, I love San Francisco. That's <laughs> just before we talk about your Cora. What's what's it like to work in the Bay Area? And give us a give us a sense of the vibe there. Well, I think when I first landed here, uh, I was surprised at at least downtown. It has an odd sort of small town vibe. I don't under quite understand that feeling, but when you're walking around, it just it feels that way. I've been in Manhattan, London, I've been in some big cities, but this city somehow has sort of an introverted, quiet demeanor. It it is a small town vibe in the sense of you run into people here that are like celebrities. Like every so often I've worked out with uh, the co-founder of Google, Sergey Brin. I've run into Peter Thiel a whole bunch of times, just randomly. So it's just, you know, it's a small, weird, large city. I don't know. <laughs> okay, t- tell us the reaction when you uh, ran into Sergey Brin. Did you get that kind of uh, <laughs> nervousness about yourself? And- no, he's completely normal. That's what's so, you know, <laughs> it's like, uh, it's there's nothing crazy. It's he didn't have any bodyguards. I would if I were in his shoes. But you know, it's just it's wow. it's so normal. Yeah, it's just. He's very normal, and just apparently meeting these folks is very normal. I, I don't know. So we're all, I'm sure we'll all be searching on Google now for Cora to see if you've got any special preference of uh, search rankings uh-huh. <laughs> because it, because of your interest in, in meeting with Sergi. But uh, I'm sure I'm sure he doesn't do that. Right. Okay. Well, let's talk about Cora. What what is it you're doing? What problem are you are you solving? And t- tell us what how you're you're going about so- solving it. Sure. 
the MVP is super simple. It's a, it's a social broadcast tool targeting consumers. So this is really broad. So with just two clicks, you can post to LinkedIn, Pinterest, Twitter, Tumblr, and Facebook. So it's very quick, a very fast experience, and it just affords folks a lot of freedom in terms of, hey, I can just shoot a picture, shoot a text on the go, and just rapidly post to a bunch of networks all at once. So the MVP is is super simple. Go to Cora.io to look at the prototype. Everyone gets it once I show them sort of the walkthrough. But uh, yeah, it's right now a very, very simple social broadcast tool. So so, uh, it's a crowded space, Paul. How did you come up with the validation of the idea? Did you do anything testing-wise beforehand before you you jumped into the MVP? Sure. I'm... I'm a UX guy, UX director by trade. So there's all sorts of validation that I'm used to doing professionally. So yes, absolutely. You go around, you talk to experts, you go to Starbucks, you show folks the app and uh, you get feedback. And that's sort of the guerrilla style. I haven't done too much formal, but yeah, you talk about, for me, 25 folks get feedback and then just sort of iterate every so often. But yeah, it's it's very easy to get validation on this product. The challenge here is because it's a crowded space for businesses, you're kind of selling consumers on, hey, listen, you can't afford the Hootsuites, the buffers of the world. It's too complicated to learn if you're a small business or really small business. You know, stick with this product because it'll just save you an enormous amount of time and headache, unlike, let's say, some of the competitors who offer an incredible amount of value. I mean, I don't know where the world would be out with, you know, the Hootsuites of the world. But um, yeah, it's just, you just talk to folks. And I'm somewhat outgoing, so I have no problem just stopping people in the street and uh, asking for feedback. (laughs) Paul, we'd love to know how you went about starting to build your audience. Have you got any tips for us on the way to go about promoting your MVP? I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll maybe talk about someone who's doing a better job than me and someone who I'm sort of learning from, there is a group of UX folks based in Malta. They have a product called Hotjar. And they did something incredibly clever where they ended up getting about 40,000 folks interested in their beta before they even launched. And they did a very simple sort of campaign on Facebook targeting, uh, well, for them it was targeting UX folks and marketers. And they had the system set up where you would... Sign up, obviously, but then if you shared it with folks, you'd sort of rise up in the ranks of sort of the listing. So there are 40,000 people. You could easily sort of bump your way up sort of in uh, sort of how early you'd get to the product when it launched. So they had this very clever, very clever way of getting attention before the product even launched. So I look into, if folks are interested, look into Hotjar, see what they're doing, what they did with their launch. I don't know if they've written formally about it, but um, I've spoken with the founders and they've been very generous explaining what they did. But in terms of just sort of social media attention, do that. I, a few months ago, uh, auditioned for Shark Tank. I've got a few connections with the production team there. So that's going to be hopefully something that could sort of come to fruition. But yeah, I'm, I'm pre-seed, pre-launch. So yeah, I'm trying to be smart about it. But definitely the folks at Hotjar, I thought just did a great job. And they're not, by the way, not pay, I'm not paid to say this. I just, I just think they did a great job. I think they've been mentioned on the show before. Oh, please tell us about the Shark Tank, uh, how that came about. We've had a few people on the show who have gone through it. And uh, how did you progress that? Well, it was so random. When, gosh, in January, I started the company end of December formally. 
So mid-January, I just saw, I think, an advertisement on on a billboard. And literally the next day, that was the audition date. So I, I quickly sort of signed up. It's a very, very simple audition process. You, I think for... For San Francisco, they met at a mall. I think in LA, they did a, and in Las Vegas, they also did a mall. You basically show up, you get a wristband, you talk to someone, pitch your product, and I swear it takes no more than five minutes, maybe even less to pitch your product. That's the only stage I'm at now. They're filming in July, so it's going to take a while, I think, for the whole callback situation to happen. If it's already happened, I missed out. Too bad for me. But uh, yeah, it's, it's a very unassuming, very easy, just pitch to producer, and that's it. So, Paul, let's talk about social media, your experience on the different platforms. What, what do you feel is the best platform for getting app downloads and an engaged audience? Do you have any views on which social media platform we should be targeting? Oh, gosh, that's a great question. Um, before my current gig as founder of Cora, I actually worked at a company called Marketo, which is a marketing automation platform. And the data that we got from sort of feedback from customers is Facebook tends to be sort of the de rigueur standard in getting attention. So it's very prominent, very, obviously everyone has it. In terms of getting sort of adoption, Facebook ads seems to be pretty, pretty popular, pretty successful. Um, they're very targeted. And if you work with a marketing automation platform, most have an integration so you can actually get great data. Uh, Marketo is maybe more enterprise, more medium-sized business. So I'm not aware of competitors that work or engage directly with Facebook's backend API. But um, yeah, from my research, Facebook seems to be sort of the dominant player. Also, I wanted to grab some of the time we've got together on your experience as, uh, you know, like a UX designer, um, someone who's, you know, building some beautiful products. I mean... How much should you listen to feedback and how much should you really just do your own thing if, if you are you know, into designing beautiful things? That's a fantastic question. It's a very important question to ask as well because, you know, as a designer, you have to have a great instinct, obviously. But you also want to verify that instinct. And there is a danger for younger designers to sort of operate in a silo and just say, okay, well, I want to do this, this and that. And, you know, not get much feedback. And honestly, devs are guilty of this too. My personal opinion is have the best designer, the best, you know, aesthetic or UI or what have you, but then really, really be rigorous about feedback, adjusting, um, you know, calls to action, what have you. It's a balance. I'd like to have the best sort of UX research out there married with the best UI designers who actually sort of operate in a silo and are completely operating on instinct. If you can get both together working harmoniously, I think you've got a great product. And there's companies that have done that in the past. I, I look at Bang & Olsen, Apple, even Four Seasons, the way they design the rooms. It's really calculated, but they get lots of good feedback. So, you know, having worked with Apple, Facebook, Virgin, you know, the big companies, they do their validation. And I feel like even if you're in a small startup, do your research, do your validation. You won't be taken seriously, I think, by investors if you haven't done so. Let me tell you about B7Dev who are supporting this show. That's B7Dev.com. They are a very reliable app building company, app development company. They can build your app. So if you are an app entrepreneur, why not take this recommendation now? Go to B7Dev.com. Ask for Haim. Haim Sajnovsky is a good friend of mine. If you say you're from the app guy, 
and you know Paul Kemp, he will sort you out. I don't want you to just take my word for it. Let me read out a client testimonial here. I had a developer company working on my app for months and they just couldn't get it right. They demanded money for incomplete work and never fully understanding my requirements. So I switched to B7 Dev and they had it working and looking better in just a few days. They helped me improve my UI, even with half the world between us. The communication was efficient and very easy. I'm available as a reference if anyone would like any more information on my experience with Haim and B7 Dev. I look forward to working with them again in the future. Now that's Paul Van and I recommend b7dev.com myself. If you need an app building, go to b7dev.com. Don't forget to mention you come from the App Guy podcast, Paul Kemp, and he will look after you. That's b7dev.com and thanks for supporting the show. NewMob is the leader in app acceleration for a mobile-first world. The NewMob Accelerator SDK speeds up load times, reliability, and performance of mobile apps anywhere in the world, helping app developers keep their hard-won users and drive maximum revenues. The company's innovative mobile-first infrastructure and global presence combine to accelerate mobile app performance by two to 10 times, whether the app users are hyper-local in one city or located around the world. Developers simply install two lines of code into their app and instantly gain access to NewMob's world-class global app acceleration network. For businesses that need to deliver mobile apps to their users faster, more reliable, and more securely to any targeted mobile audience or any network, NewMob is the answer. Better still, startup app developers can speed up their apps for free by signing up at newmob.com. So that's N-E-U-M-O-B.com, newmob.com. And thanks very much to NewMob for sponsoring the show. So there's two more things, Paul, we need to do before we say goodbye. One is that you did mention that you've worked with some awesome companies. And I do remember uh, actually going to one of Richard Branson's parties and meeting him in person and all the employees were there and it seemed like such a cool company to work for. What is the big difference to you running your own company compared to working for some of those awesome companies you just mentioned? Sure. You know, a personality-driven company is fun to engage with. And all three that I mentioned, Apple, Facebook, Virgin, they are that. I think the difference for me is I try to be really conscious of my strengths and weaknesses. I try to be really balanced about how I come across. So I'm not going to be terribly great at marketing in the sense of being obnoxious and creating these huge splashes. That's not me. But that might be Richard Branson, and he's fantastic at it, and he shouldn't change. You know, I'm not the Steve Jobs of the world where, you know, I've got this incredibly focused vision, and, you know, I'm maybe mercurial, but I've got, you know, this amazing ability to corral, you know, tens of thousands of people. You know, that's not me, but I know what my strengths and weaknesses are. I think Jeffrey, or sorry, um, I was going to say Jeffrey Katzenberg, also a great uh, CEO, but uh, Zuckerberg is fantastic as a leader. But, you know, I think if you're conscious about your strengths and weaknesses, you can sort of take a bit of what every single successful CEO out there is and sort of apply it to yourself. Uh, Years ago, I, I wrote a book on basically personality drivers, focused on a few great CEOs, a few great designers, sort of got into the psychodynamics of how they think and they feel and they operate in the world around them. And you do enough biographical research, you'll start to see there's a commonality between the most successful folks. But, you know, I have no problem not being sort of this well, well-known individual because there's really highs and lows with that. And I'd rather be more focused on sort of moderating who I am as a personality, being great to work with, if there is sort of a 
you know, if you had to choose between the one or the other, that to me f- is far more important than, let's say, being a big dynamic personality behind a brand. Yeah, and I was also I was also thinking, you know, for anyone who may be working at Apple, Facebook, or Virgin, for example, you know, is it is it something you would recommend leaving to do your own thing, and uh, you know, is that a lifestyle choice that you would recommend to others? I I love having left my last job, six figure income, really really fantastic opportunity. But you know, you've got to know who you are and not got to know your skill sets. Not everyone's cut out to be an entrepreneur. In my opinion, you have to be an extrovert. You cannot sit there. I think Zuckerberg's sort of an exception. He surrounded himself with a really fantastic team, but you have to be sort of this extroverted personality. You've got to be able to sell or at least market yourself well. You've got to be comfortable in front of people. I just know who you are. And if you've got a great idea, why not go for it? I think uh, a podcast tour ago, someone was talking about living lean. I lucked out in that right now, I was actually, oddly enough, able to live very lean in San Francisco. So know sort of the environment that you're in, know your sort of goals and know yourself, be really conscious of your skill sets, be aware of what you're good at, what you're not good at, and then, uh, you know, hire around you to sort of compensate so you can uh, sort of hire for success. I love this chat because I also left a six-figure salary to, you know, basically join the digital revolution. And I, I did it the wrong way. I didn't have a gig sorted or an idea you know, cemented before I left. Have you got any advice to anyone who is contemplating leaving a nice salaried job to go and do their own thing based, you know, based on what you've learned? Sure. Well, I'll I'll tell you a funny story. So back in November, I actually pulled together uh, a few Romanian developers, the Canadian project manager, and I had my Ukrainian designer sort of all converged to Costa Rica. We did a real test of the product. So a rapid iteration. We tried to get this thing built in a week, the MVP. And so after that happened and realized this was possible, I was okay then at that point leaving. I was sort of forced out actually a week before Christmas, I was let go. I was their most expensive designer and the company sort of been struggling financially. So I didn't really have a, an option too much. I was sort of encouraged to, I guess, start this up because I already had a product up and running. So yeah, I, I, my opinion is really, really work through a prototype. I kind of assume everyone's got a prototype out there because that's my job. My nine to five was designing prototypes. So have that and show it to folks. And if you're getting good feedback, if you have a mentor or two and they're sort of saying, hey, you know, this is great, transition yourself out, but be gentle about it. You don't want to necessarily attack the situation. You don't want to necessarily throw caution completely to the wind. You know, take a, a fair risk. But um, yeah, my, my attitude is, is be gentle. Even if you get fired a week before Christmas, um, you know, try to make it work for you have some, you know, six to 12 months of, of money sort of saved up. So when you do sort of take that jump, you've got runway and investors I know will respect that. If you have personal runway, they're going to, they're going to like hearing that. And so the final thing is uh, you mentioned about teams and I mean, I've had recently an approach from a, what seems like a great sponsor who puts together uh, ready-made teams for projects, but how do you go about finding you know, top tier talent and attracting them to your vision. Have you got any tips for us on that? That's a fantastic, fantastic question. I have had a real challenge with that. It took me two years to find my designer. I'm a designer myself, so maybe I'm more picky than others, but it took me, <laughs> okay. it took me two years of looking to find somebody. So I'd always I'd been looking for a while and it, it took that long. Now, dev, I still haven't found a core dev. I'm interviewing right now. Now, there's some great teams out there and I know some of your sponsors look fantastic. So I'm also looking at them too. There's great sort of, you know, development teams ready for you. 
Um, Creative Dash is one that is sort of like number one right now for me. Yeah, I mean, I find a core team. I'm unusual in that I don't have a co-founder right now. And so it's only going to be a sole founder situation. But there are tons of opportunities out there, tons of companies out there that'll sort of provide that for you. And I personally am not against that. I'm looking at a few, but at the same time, I'm also sort of finding, I'm looking to find a, a sort of a core future CTO for my company. Send, send your resumes my way if you're a dev. If you, <laughs> if you, if you yeah. understand programmatic design, if you can do programmatic assets and iOS, we'll be good friends. Uh, so send your resume my way, paul at cora.io. <laughs> Wonderful. In fact, and just on that, you know, there will be uh, show notes on episode 446 for anyone going to theappguy.co. You, know, you can also search for your name, Paul Martins. And, and yeah, you mentioned how to get yourself on email. I guess uh, it would be relevant to give yourself, uh, give your social media <laughs> presence out, given that that's uh, the essence of Cora. Yeah, no, um, sign up for at least an early, uh, an early beta access on uh, Cora.io. But uh, I'm totally cool with connecting on LinkedIn. Don't find me on Facebook. That's really relegated towards family. But yeah, LinkedIn, I think, is a great way to connect with me professionally. Uh, you know, and I, I can't help. I've got to squeeze one more in. How are you going about doing your own social media? Because you've mentioned Facebook for family. I have the same problem. I restrict it to no one wants to see pictures of my kids, you know, from the podcast audience. But, but how are you using Cora yourself to... Uh, actually post your own things? That's a fantastic question. And everyone's <laughs> going to have to wait and see because what we've ah, got designed right, okay. is going to completely blow people away. I've showed it to a few few folks. It's going to be a very revolutionary way of understanding privacy, but also understanding sort of personal storage as well. I love that. Okay, that is a good tease into um, going and joining the beta. So definitely uh, encourage everyone to go to Cora.io. Paul, this has been a wonderful, wonderful chat. It's so inspirational. You know, here you are working for Virgin, Apple, Facebook, and now doing your own thing with a great team. Ah, Wonderful. Thank you very much for joining us on the App Guy podcast. Thanks. It's been a lot of fun. Remember to go and check out B7Dev. That's b7dev.com. And they are an app design and development company. They will make your app idea become a reality. They're pretty personable and professional to work with. Highly reliable. Remember to ask for my friend, Haim Sajnovsky. And if you do say you come from the App Guy podcast, they will look after you. B7dev.com. And thanks to B7dev for supporting this podcast. Thanks to our sponsor, NewMob, who provides app acceleration for the mobile-first world that we all live in. Startup app owners and developers are invited to accelerate their Android and iOS apps for free and see just how much better their apps load and perform using NewMob. Check it out at newmob.com. That's N-E-U-M-O-B.com.